I grew up in church. I grew up in Sunday school. If you ever have reason to get over to Patterson, New York, and you're on Route 311, uh, if you know where, if you get off at exit, uh, well, it was 18. I don't know what it is now. Actually, it's 61 now. Uh, they, if you're, I don't know if you're aware of this, in New York, they have changed the exit numbers to match the mile where it's located. And the truth is most states already do that, but uh, it is awfully confusing since those numbers are the numbers I've lived by my whole life. But So if you get off at exit uh, 18 slash 61, I know exit 18. You want me to tell you why I know exit 18? Because when I was a kid learning my memory verse on the way to church, I was watching the exit numbers, and, you know, I'd get to, we, we, we would get on at exit 20, and uh, we'd go by exit 19, and I'd be like, oh, man, <laughs> i got to finish this soon. And then sometimes, we had little papers that we had to fill out. It was like Sunday school homework, and uh, I, sometimes I'd be filling those out in the back of the car. Anyway, uh, exit 18, get off exit 18, Route 311. And follow Route 311. You come down to the bottom of a hill where it splits off like that. And if you stay on Route 311, it, it goes around to your left here. And then you go up, and you'll see this, this uh, just great big white church building up on the, on the hilltop. That is one of the oldest Baptist churches in the state of New York, for one thing. But in addition to that, that's the church where I grew up. And uh, that's the church where I got saved. That's the church where I was baptized uh, initially. I've told you the story how I got baptized again as a teenager. But uh, I got baptized there in that uh, sulfur water. And uh, also, uh, that's where I preached my first sermon behind that pulpit. But I went to Sunday school there. I grew up in Sunday school in the Patterson Baptist Church. And one year, I think it was third grade, I'm not sure. But one year, I moved up from one class to the next, and now I had a new teacher, and her name was Mrs. Alibo. And Mrs. Alibo is, is teaching, and you know, when you're a kid, you can't tell that the teacher's nervous, but looking back, and now as an adult, knowing, you know, Mrs. Alibo just passed away a couple of years ago, but uh, knowing her, I, I, I look back and I go, you know what, she was nervous. Uh, she was a nervous teacher. I didn't realize it then, but I can see it now in hindsight, but... Anyway, she taught us the lesson, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, whatever I was, fourth grade, whatever, you know, I know the Bible lady, but uh, I'm going to let you teach me in case, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll humor you, uh, even though I'm, I, I know, I pretty much got it down. Got to the end of the lesson, and she said, let me give you your memory verse for this week. And she said, it's Matthew 16, 24, and I clear as day remember thinking this. She said it, uh, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Clear as day, I can remember thinking, I don't think that's one of the main ones, that verse. I don't know where you got that verse for our memory verse, but I don't think that's one of the main. You know, I knew John 3, 16, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and the Romans wrote, and, and, but I don't think that's one of the main ones. But I'm going to go ahead and learn it for you anyway. But um, no, I wasn't arrogant or obnoxious, not at all. But... Turns out, this has been one of the formative verses of my faith. This is not a salvation verse. A salvation verse is, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Those are salvation verses. This is not a salvation verse. You don't get saved by becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Why does that matter? Because following Jesus is a work. It's an important one, but you don't get to heaven by your works. You get to heaven by believing on Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Following Jesus is a work. This is after you're saved. And let me remind you in this context that we covered before, before we prayed, in this context, Jesus is not talking to the multitudes. He's talking to this tight group of disciples. This is a discipleship verse, and it's very important. Tonight, we're just going to take a few minutes and talk about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not the judge of who is a disciple and who is not. However, I would say there's little chance in an age or in a day when Sunday night church is not popular anymore. I'm not sure it ever was the most popular thing going, but it certainly was a lot more common Years ago, when I was a boy, it was a lot more common for churches to have both a Sunday morning service and a Sunday night service. It wasn't even just a Baptist thing. Churches of every denomination, many of them, had a Sunday morning service and a Sunday night service. But now it's not. It certainly is not trendy. And yet, this is a wonderful crowd here tonight. I doubt very highly that you'd be here tonight if you had not entered into a discipleship relationship with Christ to some extent, to some degree. Let's talk about tonight. When we think of discipleship, we think of maybe doing. And discipleship certainly does include doing. We think, you know, hardcore and, and uh, committed and being in the trenches. And all of that is probably a part of discipleship. But discipleship is more about your relationship with Jesus Christ and all that comes out of that. So I'm going to give you from this verse seven thoughts about discipleship tonight. It's not going to be long, but things to make you think, things to meditate on this week. Jesus saith unto them, or then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. First of all, discipleship is about daily choices. Notice it says, if any man will come after me. That's more than just if any man is gonna. It's if any man wills to come after me. If any man chooses to come after me. What will you choose to have as your identity tomorrow? What will you choose when you wake up in the morning? What will you choose to have characterize your day? Will your relationship with Jesus Christ characterize your day tomorrow? And that is what will decide whether or not you live the life of a disciple tomorrow. You know, I love what, the way Paul introduces. Paul, largely, when he wrote the book of Romans, is speaking to people he had never met before. So he is people who had heard of him, but he had not yet met because he had not been to Rome yet when he wrote the book of Romans. And so he introduces himself, and what does he call himself first? 
Paul a servant of Jesus Christ. That is his identity. I am a servant of Jesus Christ. Then he tells them his calling, called to be an apostle. And then he tells them his purpose, his passion, separated unto the gospel of God. But it begins with his statement of his identity. What is your identity? Who are you? Are you barely a Christian? I'm saved, but I don't go any further than that. Or will you wake up tomorrow morning and your first thoughts, you know, your first thought may be, oh, it's Monday. But maybe your second thought would be another day with the, with the Lord. Another day of walking with the Savior. You say, nobody lives like that. Nobody who's not serious about God lives like that. You're right. But there are people that their, their waking thought in the morning is their relationship with God, their relationship, their walk with the Savior. So discipleship is about daily choices. If any man will come after me. Secondly, discipleship says, I'm going where Jesus goes. He said, if any man will come after me, I'm going where Jesus goes. Think about the disciples that Jesus had called, and as you read about their lives in the Gospels, they decided, you remember, uh, uh, Peter was a uh, fisherman, and Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. Well, Peter made a life decision right there, one that he later questioned for a bit, but ultimately he honored his decision to leave a lifestyle as a fisherman and be a fisher of men. But his decision, his primary decision was, where Jesus goes, I go. I believe more and more as we go through life, whether it has to do with the conditions in the world right now or just as a matter of Christianity in general, the older you get, the longer you live, the more your decision to be a follower of Jesus will be tested. You will not casually be a follower of Jesus. You have to make the choice on a daily basis. I will go where he goes. I will follow him. As you read the Bible, pay attention to the fact that God is always going somewhere. I love that. God is not a stationary God who just... He's sitting on his throne in heaven and just, you know, and every once in a while. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but this is the view a lot of us have. Every once in a while, he's so old, he kind of dozes off a little bit and somebody has to wake him up. And no, he's not father time. He's not big old fat Santa Claus. He's not any of those things. He's almighty God. And if I could say this reverently, he's just as sharp as he was when he spoke this world into existence. He doesn't change. And so... As I read the Bible and I see God is a God on the move. He's always going somewhere. He's always doing things. He's always making changes. He never changes, but he's always making changes. He's always making improvements. He's always creating growth. And as Jesus called his disciples, he's, he's moving. He's sort of like Elijah when he called Elisha. And you get the sense that Elijah just kept moving. He came by as, as Elijah's, Elisha is plowing in the field, and basically he took, he took off his mantle, he threw it on Elisha, and he said, hey, if you want to join me, come on after me, but I'm, I'm on the move. 
And you get that same sense as Jesus is calling his disciples. Not that he's being rude or unkind, but that he's going somewhere. Your God is always going somewhere. He's always doing things. He's always making things happen. The question is, do you want to go with him? Or do you simply want to go where this world is going? Are we so curious about where this world system is going and where it's taking people? That we can't stand to not see. There's a whole lot. And I went to school with a lot of kids both in Christian school and in college. With a, with a lot of kids that couldn't stand to not know what they could do outside of the will of God. I had a roommate. And he was a good guy, but man, he just, he was the kind of guy that just was against everything. He was so high, strung, and hyper, and he was constantly critiquing everybody else's uh, Christianity. He was from, I'm trying to think quick, any Bostonites here? I don't mean the Red Sox. I'm talking about you actually. Okay, I don't, I don't think so, unless I'm missing somebody. Um, he was one of those obnoxious, high-strung Boston people. You know what I mean? and everybody else was always wrong everybody else was always messing up and he was the best Christian he knew and, and he talked just like that all the time and he was like one year out of Christian he was going to go out and set the world on fire you know he had heard people say uh, you know don't try to go start a church until you're 30 or so and so forth. he said I don't got to wait till I'm 30 I don't got to wait till I'm married oh, but if I'm 21 when I finish here I'm going to go start a church and he was out of out of college for about a year before he was just building a business. And, and uh, as far as I know, I still have I'm friends with somebody who still runs into him once in a while, and he's not even in church. Uh, it, it's just it's, it's amazing to me how people navigate their own lives. But when you're so curious about where you could go outside of the will of God. And by the way, you won't call it outside of the will of God. But that's what it is. You know when you're outside of the will of God? When you're trying to navigate your life without God's interference. You may put on a show of, well, God's leading me. God led me to be a bartender. Sure he did, you know. But in your heart, you know you're calling the shots. You're making, you're pulling the strings. But discipleship says, I'm going where Jesus goes. In this world, wherever Jesus goes, that's, that's, that's the ultimate. Discipleship is not about doing. It is first about being with Jesus. That is so important. It is not about doing. We very unfortunately associate serving the Lord first and foremost with doing doing stuff doing stuff I'm not against doing I'm not against being aggressive in our service of the Lord but first and foremost discipleship is about being with Jesus am I a disciple you spend time with Christ every day is he on your mind are you walking in the spirit well I'm no but I'm doing stuff I'm afraid you're probably not a disciple because di discipleship is first and foremost about being with Jesus. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. When he called the twelve, 
It says he called them that they should be with him. And then that they should teach and preach. And, but first, their first calling was to be with him. Your first calling, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, is to be with him. And I would plead with you to develop and maintain a passion to be close to Jesus in your life, to talk to him, for his presence to be real to you. If you weren't in the services, I tell you, it wouldn't wouldn't hurt you to hear both the message that was on the radio this morning, that I may know him, and the message that I preached this morning. Nothing wonderful about me as a preacher, but two important truths. Never lose your hunger to have more of God, more of you, more of you, more of you. Discipleship requires self-denial. If you're going to follow Jesus, self has to constantly die. Now listen, it's not just self-denial for the sake of self-denial. It's not vows of poverty and vows of celibacy and all the. It's not that kind of self-denial. It's as you walk with Jesus, you realize sometimes that your dreams have to die. I won't go into all the details of this because you've heard it 50 billion times. But I was so sure when I was a boy. I was very serious about being a preacher, but I was just as serious about being a truck driver. And you would think that once you get serious about being a preacher that the truck driver dream has to die. It didn't. When I was 11, 12, and this, this probably, all the stories you've heard me tell does not line up in your mind, but I'm filling you in. Uh, when I was 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, I still had every intention somehow of being both a pastor and a truck driver. I mean, over-the-road truck driver. And finally, I had to come to grips with the fact that you're going to do one or the other. You can't do both. I was determined I was going to figure out how to do both. But when I was 15, 15, that was, that's kind of late, right? 15. I said, all right, Lord. I won't ever be a truck driver. And that sounds to you like the dumbest thing in the world. And your dreams will probably sound dumb to me. So if you're going to follow Jesus, there's going to be forks in the road where you're going to realize if I'm going to keep going with all my heart with him, I can't go that way too. And you have to let it go. So it's not about saying, okay, I'm going to give up everything. I'm going to never have fun again as long as I live. It's not, that's not what it is. It's as you, as you walk with him, things come up. And you're going to know by the spirit who dwells in you and by the word of God, you're going to know you're not going to progress with him anymore unless you let go of that thing. If you're going to follow Jesus, your dreams will sometimes have to die. Your ambitions will sometimes have to die. Your appetites will have to die. And I mean even good appetites. You're going to have to learn how. There's no discipleship that does not, does not learn how to say no to self. Next, discipleship requires me to learn to identify personally with the cross of Christ. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. 
Now, ultimately, that's the cross that God has for you to bear, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, you have to bear the cross of Christ, meaning Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. We need to be reintroduced to the power of the cross in our daily lives. I've said it again and again, but the Lord has just really done some rich things in my soul over the last few weeks. Every morning before I get to anything else in my Bible reading, I start, I rotate between Matthew 27, Mark 15, Luke 23, and John 19. What do those four chapters have in, in common? They are each of the gospel's narr narrative or narration of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And I go there and I see, can I tell you, can I just be honest with you? For a long time, when I was reading through the Bible and I came to the story of the crucifixion, it was like too painful. And I just wanted it to be over. I wanted to rush through it. But now I'll sit and I'll read the same verse 20 times and say, Lord, help me. Give me a picture in my heart of what was going on there. And see it and realize that is not just the record of Christ's crucifixion. That is the record of your crucifixion. Because Romans and, and many other epistles, but it begins in Romans telling us that we are dead with Christ in the cross. And unless you identify with the cross on a daily basis, you cannot be a disciple. Two more, quickly. Discipleship makes me a burden bearer. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Discipleship is not passive. It's hard work. It's labor. And there's a cross. And I know there's an expression, we all have our cross to bear. And that's not a bad expression. But I think in the, in the idea, in the concept of discipleship, it's, it's at a different level of bearing spiritual burdens throughout your life. Lastly, the disciple's life is all about Jesus. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Are you consumed with Christ? One reason why it's very helpful to read biographies of Christians in years past is because you realize that the reason people sacrificed as they did and made such a difference in this world is because they were consumed with Jesus Christ. Jim Elliott was martyred. I believe the year was 1956. I won't tell the whole story. You can read it for yourself. But he was martyred along with his four partners in the ministry. And now in that place where they, where the, where they killed him, the place thrives with the gospel. Christian schools, churches, hospitals, all in the name of Christ. But he laid down his life. But you read excerpts of the journals of Jim Elliott and his letters and his own words. He was consumed with Christ. The people, the missionaries and people that, that just gave up everything were consumed with Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, are you consumed with Christ? Ted and I were having a conversation last night on the way to the airport to pick up Amy about how just 
if it ever came to denying Christ or dying, would I be able to do it? Would I stand firm with Christ or would I break down and, and deny that I am a follower of Jesus Christ? And be, be careful how flippant you say, well, I would, I would stand firm. Really? How closely did you walk with him this, this week? And maybe here's the, maybe the best question. Were you consumed with him every day this week? That's what I worry about. I, I'm just going to say humbly as I, as I have a passionate with G, with relationship with Jesus Christ, but it could be better. It, it, could, be, it could be more all-consuming. And if I'm not consumed with Christ in a peacetime atmosphere in our nation as far as liberty goes, what makes me think when they put the gun to my head that I will not deny Jesus Christ if I don't live with a passion for Christ. If any man, let's say it together before we close. Matthew 16, 24, ready? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is about being with him. And I pray that we will live with him every day this week.